Yes, hello, listeners, and welcome to the European One, part of the Eurotrips podcast network. It is currently 6 p.m. on Friday, so we're all feeling good, at least with plenty of quality games this weekend to keep us all entertained, I'm sure. But we're here to talk about everything European football in this this week. Wow. We've had some we've had some shock results and we've got some stuff to talk about. Uh speaking of, I should welcome our usual guests of Andy and Naeem. You alright, mate? Mm-hmm. You? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Can't complain. It's the weekend coming up and um I'm hoping for a a more positive outlook on football after tomorrow night. <laughs> yes, more on that in a moment. How are you, Mr. Page? Yep, very good. Long the long week at work. But yeah, like Andy said, glad it's the weekend now. And yeah, let's see if Arsenal can get another three points this weekend. Mm, I like I like this podcast time. I like this day. It's, 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 it's a nice feeling of the weekend to come. So I like this. But I'd like to take you all on a trip. So pick, picture in your minds right now the African savannah, right? P- picture the mighty gazelle as it struts around the plains of Africa, living its life, not a care in the world. But then just look on it, every single nature show you've ever seen, the lion appears. Now, the where, gazelle... Where is this going? Where are you <laughs> going with this story? <laughs> the, gazelle, the, the gazelle thinks because it got a good head start, it's going to but the prey always becomes the dinner, and <laughs> the lion mauls the gazelle. <laughs> and there's yet a small chance the gazelle could yet escape, but it's very unlikely. And we'll find out on March the 15th, as that pretty much describes what happened on Tuesday as Real Madrid went to town on Liverpool at Anfield. 2 0 soon became 2 1, soon became 2 2. And well, you all know what happened next, and I'm sure. Andy's face was the same of Jamie Carragher's in that CBS studio as the goals went in. So, what went wrong, Andy? It's, you know, it's so weird, the fact that, you know, I was thinking, when we scored that second goal, when Courtois made a mistake and Salah scored, I was I was thinking the best. I was, I was literally, I was picturing, you know, because we're also, we're, more, most likely going to be in Thailand when the Champions League final's on. I was picturing watching that in Thailand, watching Liverpool. I was thinking, do I pack my Liverpool shirt? I was picturing, you know, these great runs. Think of the run we had in 2005. The, I was picturing all these great moments and thinking this could be a, one of those great things where we firstly finally beat Madrid. We haven't done that since 2009. Um, and yeah, it was, it was such a great start. The first 14 minutes was just unbelievable. And you know, I was watching it with my dad and we were both just absolutely loving life. And then... Before you know it, click of the fingers, Madrid just turned it on. And I think for me, they showed why they are the winning champions and why, you know, they are such a big club and, and they are the biggest club in the world. And they are, they've won it 14 times. They just know how to get the job done. And I think really for me, the, the issue came in the field because, you know, Bajetic has had a great start of life at Liverpool. He had, he's a really good looking prospect. But I think this game was maybe, maybe even one game too far, but it was certainly a game where, you know, he definitely got learned a lesson in his young career. Um, Fabinho, I think one of the goals, I remember one of the goals, he was so sloppy in the build-up. And Henderson, you know, I think was the best of three, but I think even he was questionable for the first goal. And the less said about Joe Gomez, the better. But um, it was just all around a defensive and midfield 
disaster. I mean, yeah, for mention Fabinho, I love Fabinho so much. Um, but I think his time as the, the player we all knew has come to an end, and I love him. I've got a mug with his face on it. You know, that's how much I love the guy. But um, at the same time, he had a disappointing game uh, after you know, after two good games for Liverpool um, as a whole as a whole. So and you know, there's definitely positives. He went two 0 up, and I think that sense of we've seen improvements again from Gakpo and Nunes. But you know, Salah didn't look quite himself, and I think there's definitely. Um, I actually compiled actually this week. I actually compiled a keep sell alone list for Liverpool players. Um, I'll get that open now because that's it's really interesting. I think you might have some shocks here of what I've picked, but yeah, for me to go back to the game itself, I just think that Madrid, in a way, showed their class, but also I think we showed that we're not at that same level. And I think that in a way, it's not the worst thing in the world because this happened two years ago. We lost to Madrid, and then after that, the form picked up in the league. So you know. Being also seven points off top four with a game in hand, you know, it's not top four still there. And I think that that can still be a positive season. And, you know, if you want to get a betting in, that's our best chance of doing it. And I think that it will be through get top four. But yeah, I've done it. I've, I've put every player in the, in the starting in the whole squad and I've got to keep selling. I've done a little fee, which I reckon we can get for each player. So Alisson, obviously keep. Gomez sell. Um, I guess we can get maybe 15 million pounds for him. Um, someone will pay that money. Um, Fabinho, I would sadly sell. Um, I think that if we can get money from now, I think that's the best chance to do it. I think Pep Guardiola had a great interview where he talked about you have to evolve and players have to move on. And I think that Fabinho, sadly, is one of them. Um, Fabinho, no, Van Dijk and Canate keep. I would sell Thiago because his contract runs out in 2024. Um, so I can sell him now to... Um, you know, get some money while we can rather than let me go on a free. Milner and Cater running out of contract. I would sell both of them. Firmino's contract runs out, but I would keep him. Um, I would sell Salah. That's a big one. I was, you know, because everyone else really is. I'd sell Matip, Reese Williams loan, Curtis Jones loan, Kelleher sell because he needs 13 football. He deserves it. Trent keep and, you know, everyone else keep alone. But, and also the Ox and Adrian as well. Um, they also will go on a free to some, but I, I genuinely think Salah, I think now's the time to sell him because he's not the same player he was. He's had maybe one or two good moments this year, and you know, but I think you know, we can still get, I reckon, 60 million for him with the name he's got, and you know, his, his record still is, is fairly okay. But I think you know, I think that maybe the time had to come to get rid of him, and I think that if you want to get Bellingham, we need the funds, and I, I do think that that is the. That is the way forward. Sell, particularly, you know, sell these players, make some money. And I think, you know, I think we do need a fresh change. And I think, sadly, Salah, you know, a bit like Torres, you know, his time came to an end, Liverpool, like this. You know, we've seen other players who have had similar ends to their time at clubs. I think that, you know, Klopp has been, had been guilty in the past of keeping players there um, for nostalgic reasons. And I think that, you know, if he wants to, um, because obviously he wants he wants to be there another five six years. He's going to need a new team. Ferguson did it. Pep's done it. You know all the best managers in the world. They would they um they do the same. Ancelotti would be the same if he doesn't doesn't keep going to these clubs that are sacked their managers every two years. But um yeah, I think that a big change is needed. Um, but yeah, I I think that you know I'm still confident of a top four finish if we can just keep this run going in the league. But you know in the uh, Champions League, I think that is. Obviously, we're we're actually at the bin about four days before that second leg, and I was thinking, I was talking to Ryan, thinking how much they cost—about three hundred and fifty quid for a ticket. And um, for me, 
I would genuinely have paid that if I wasn't saving up for traveling. But at the same time, do I want to go? I'm just going to see my team get absolutely battered. And I think that whilst I've got faith that is a small chance, there could be a comeback. I don't think at home against Madrid, even if you're 3-0 up, you'd be confident winning the, winning the leg, let alone being three goals down. Well, from your fire sale there, I think Liverpool will be playing five-a-side next season and not... <laughs> Um, <laughs> nah, we but, saw, saw yeah, some interesting takes there. Um, you got anything to add on that result, Naeem? I think Andy kind of summed it pretty much up. But, yeah, it's just really football heritage with Real Madrid. It just goes to show you know, 14-time winners. And obviously, their league form hasn't been the greatest. Though. I know they're still second, but they're about eight points behind Barcelona at the moment. But I think they probably just focus on this this season and then yeah Ancelotti probably got at the end of the season because Real Madrid they have high standards you know they won the league and the Champions League last season looks looks to be that they may, might win the Champions League this season but yeah to obviously go two goals down at Anfield you know at Anfield on European nights is never an easy place to go to and yeah once the, the two goals went in I thought yeah okay Liverpool you know they'll probably win this game but and then they got the two goals back at half time, and obviously Ancelotti didn't have to say too much at half time. He he said half time team talk. Nope, they have to they they know what to do. We did not talk. So this goes to show the mentality, and you know they've been in these sort of situations plenty of times. Obviously not being two goals down, but yeah, it's just this goes to show you know Vinicius Junior, Benzema. I think I think Liverpool fans are sick 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 to the sight of these two players, but <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's, I, I don't know, man. It's just with Liverpool, they got they got quite a lot of rebuilding to do. You know that midfield is quite ancient at the moment. Um, Fabinho, I don't know what's happened to him. You know he was great a couple of seasons ago, but he's just kind of fallen off a cliff. But yeah, we'll I can't see Liverpool turning it around, and yeah, they'll go on to the next round. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, good turnaround from Real Madrid, and yeah, we'll see see what happens in the in in the next round, whoever they get. Yeah, exactly that. I think uh, it's been pretty well summed up there, so I don't need to talk much more about that game. Um, elsewhere, so I just want to say as well that I've been looking at as well, and you know, you mentioned Madrid, you know fact that they, you know, aren't doing well in the league. But I'm looking at teams who've actually won the league and European Cup double in the same season. It's only been Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Inter, Man U and Porto. It's so, been Porto 2003-2004, you know, Man U 2007-2008, Inter 09-10, Barca, you know, 05-06, But the last, you know, Madrid did it last year, but, you know, a lot of times these Champions League wins, the actual teams that win the Champions League often don't um, aren't win the league. So it's interesting to see how many teams actually win the league um, but don't win the Champions League, and I think and vice versa. So it's um, yeah, really interesting that you know actually look at Chelsea two years ago, look at us when we won it three years ago. It's um, yeah, it's interesting that a lot of these teams that win the Champions League actually don't do well in their domestic league. Yeah, I think that just pr- shows how difficult a task it is to win both domestically and uh, and in any European competition. You know, you need to have a very big squad of uh, of high quality players if you're if you're gonna do both. And 
know there's still a chance that a few clubs may do that this season, but um, as you say there, it's it's not very often. Um, as I was saying elsewhere on Tuesday, my favourites for the tournament, Napoli, all but secured a seat in the last eight with a 2 0 away win against Frankfurt. Could have been free, but for the ever reliant Kavica, Kavara, Sheskilia missing a penalty early on. Um, but I still expect Napoli to do the job back in Italy. Should be a comfortable quarterfinal uh, seat for them. And on Wednesday, we didn't see as many goals, but we certainly saw a surprise as RB Leipzig held Manchester City to a 1-1 draw in Germany to give themselves every chance of progressing, really, into the next round. I always thought that Leipzig are a dangerous team and not to be underestimated, and uh, they can always pull a result out of the hat. And, um, I've, you know, they've now got Christopher Nkunku to come back from injury. Obviously, we know he's heading to Chelsea in the summer, but that'll be you know, a major player to come back into that team if they've got him ready for the second leg, then I don't think City should um should be counting their, their chickens just yet. And out in Milan, Inter snatched a one 0 home win versus Porto quite late on to give them the advantage. With the return of Romeo Lukaku getting just his fourth goal of the season. Um one thing that I wanna I wanna look at is I watched a game between Man City and Leipzig in the week. I don't know if any, any of you guys did, but I don't know if it's just me. I did see on, on Twitter, actually, on uh, on a certain radio channel that I will not mention because of my hatred towards them, but they actually also said something similar on there and just how boring Man City are to watch. The first leg of that game is 45 minutes of my life that I'll never get back because... <laughs> It's genuinely awful. Like it was, it was basically a training ground exercise. All Manchester City did was pass, slowly pass the ball from side to side, gradually get forward, and then said, "Ah, now we're not going to bother doing that. We're going to go all the way back." And that's all it was, just repeating, repeating. And it was doing my nutting. Honestly, they weren't doing anything. And uh, Leipzig had a much better second half. Obviously, got the goal. And showed, you know, what they can really do. So I'm not sure if either of you two have noticed it in watching any other city games this season. No, I I think this season more than the rest. I think the last year, the year before, they were a good team to watch. But then again, you know, I think certainly the Pep Guardiola football, I think the last two years or so hasn't been the same we saw, you know, when he got 100 points, when he beat us the league with 99 points, whatever it was. I think that, I think that as well, I think that, you know, I, I don't know what it is because they've got you know, the same players, but I think certainly they played winning football. I think that's what Fergie's team did and you know, Chelsea teams did under Mourinho. Um, so I, I you know I don't think teams have to play this this nice football all the time. If they sometimes you have to, you know, you have to play these games where you don't play um at your best. But I think you know City they've had a lot of away games recently. Pep alluded to it, you know, and I think that they'll actually be happy with the draw. You know, away from home, levels tied, they get to play at home. All you got to do is win the game. And so I think City will be happy with this. But if I'm not, yeah, if I'm honest, I think this season particularly their football has got worse because I think. You know, I've mentioned before that you know I've not I've criticised Haaland in recent weeks, and I think that 
they are trying to adapt their football to suit him now, whereas before when they had Foden or Mares as a false nine, it was definitely a more easier watch. But I think and I think they are trying to adapt to Hallen. They're trying trying to adapt to a um a more traditional striker, more tra- traditional number nine like Haaland. And I think that that's the issue at the moment, that they're trying to adapt to him. But obviously Haaland, for me, if he isn't scoring goals, he isn't doing anything else. I don't mean, Naima talked about this recently in person, but I think just Haaland, he's just, he's a guy, even though he scored these goals, you know, we saw with Latan and Pep Guardiola that not every player fits their system. And I think that it's um, definitely a, a transition year in terms of, they're tra- really trying to adapt towards Haaland. And I think, you know, we saw with Liverpool, actually, when we got Thiago, we've tried to adapt to his kind of play in recent, in recent years. Uh, I think we'll see the same as Haaland. And I think that, you know, I I still think, you know, they'll find a way, Pep manager he is, I think they'll find a way to get him to, um you know, be at his best and get the team to play around. But I think this year it's just a year of them trying to work out how to play best with, um, with Haaland up front. Yeah, something, obviously, that's been spoken a lot about in the media, in sort of past few weeks, you know, did Haaland choose the right club or not? Um, and it, you know, it's it's a great um, comparison that you've made there with Ibrahimovic because they're very very similar players and in, in how they play and you know how 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 big they both are and the kind of strikers that they both are and um, it does make you wonder why City went in for him when they when, when they did. You know, they they went so long without. You know, a proper recognised centre forward, and you know they were doing well without one. So I'm not sure why Pep felt he needed to change anything. But you know, it's obviously not down to me or anyone else to question someone that's been you know successful as him, really. Uh, right. So turning our attention now to the Europa League, and we had some mammoth games last night. We saw Man United come from behind to knock out Barcelona. Juventus turned on the style, right? And I'm going to be very careful in how I pronounce this club again. Um, Nantes is how you pronounce the name. Um, Juve they beat them three 0 out in France. Good performance by the uh, the Italian giants. Special goal from Di Maria, who's really hit some uh, some good form lately. And uh, we saw yet another five goal thriller between Monaco and Leverkusen. You may remember last week in the first leg, Monaco won 3-2 out in Germany. This week, Leverkusen won 3-2 out in Monaco. Uh, It went all the way to penalties, but the Germans do what the Germans do. They won the penalty shootout. They're through to the next round. And you'd have to say it was a disappointing night for Monaco. Uh, Elsewhere, Sevilla only just held on as they lost 2-0 away out in the Netherlands to PSV. The Dutch side, they needed to score at least three goals to take the game to extra time. They didn't. They're out. Uh, Roma, they also turned around the first leg result with Salzburg. Uh, they won 2-0 at the Olympico. So, again, another team through to the next stage. Shakhtar Donetsk, they also saw off friends, even though they lost the second leg as well. But we know this is the reason for two-legger ties. Sporting, they eased past um, FC Midland and Union Berlin, currently fighting Bayern Munich and Dortmund for the Bundesliga, managed to get past an informed Ajax team. You know, incredible what that club is doing right now to be performing so well in the Bundesliga. And now they're through to the next stage of the Europa League, a competition they was told 
a lot of people in Germany to to bin off um, and focus on the league. But you know they decided not to do that. They they go on all out for every competition they're in, and fair play to them because Ajax, like I say, have been playing very very well lately. Um, they change managers, and they've been getting some good results in the in the Eredivisie of late. So fair play to them. Um, but with the draw being made today. Obviously, the notable fixtures for the English clubs are Arsenal against Sporting and Man United against Real Betis. Uh, both, you know, potentially tricky fixtures. Betis has got some high-quality players. Never easy to get a result as well in their stadium. You know, got a good atmosphere there. Uh, Sporting are another team that have got quality players, can hurt you, especially on the counter-attack. And um, again, it's uh, it's a hostile stadium to play in. So my my question to to you both really is, is there a, currently an outstanding candidate to win this competition? Um, or is it similar to the Champions League at the moment where it's kind of up for grabs to, to anyone and everyone? I think, I think it's kind of up for grabs really because it just, it just really depends on how teams are doing in a league, whether they just want to focus on, on, on the Europa League or Champions League, whatever competition it is. But it's, I'll say in the Europa League, you're probably, probably the favourites. you probably go with, I don't know, maybe United, the way they're playing at the moment. Um, obviously, they got past a good Barcelona side. Obviously, recent years, Barcelona haven't been that great in Europe, you know, since they won the Champions League back in 15-16. Uh, They've only got to the semi-final once. Last two seasons, they've been knocked out of the Champions League and dropped down to the Europa League and still not done that well. They've just not been that great in Europe. So I'd say Man United probably. Obviously, the way their form's going, they're just... When you think they're down and out, they just seem to find a way and come back. You know, obviously Barcelona got a penalty yesterday, but obviously they're the better team in the first half. But then second half, United turn it around. And yeah, I think... I th Obviously, they got the League Cup this weekend. If they win that, that would probably obviously motivate the players to, you know, maybe try and go and win the Europa League and maybe the FA Cup. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say Man United mainly probably um, because obviously they was in a final um, two seasons ago as well. So it's obviously a competition that they do know well. So I'd I'd say them. You can't obviously count out Roma. Obviously, Jose's got a good record in Europe. He obviously won the Conference League last season as well. With Arsenal, you, you just don't know. With with us, we haven't really got the squad to really battle on two fronts at the moment. So I think we should be able to get past Sporting Lisbon. It's going to be obviously tough in Lisbon. Um, they're not they're not a bad team by all, all means, but yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd say those two teams, Roman and United, really. But obviously, you can't count out Union Berlin because you know <laughs> the league form's been great this season. Obviously, they got past Ajax. Ajax. I right, saying um no like no chumps really as well. So obviously to obviously get a nil nil draw out in Amsterdam, then to beat them three one in Berlin is is a great result. So yeah, I think I think it's quite wide open uh, both competitions really. There's not really any clear favourites at the moment, but in my opinion, I'll probably say those two teams, United and Roman, really. I think for me, I think you look at obviously the Two ones I can think of top of head are Manu and Arsenal. I think them two, you know, the form they're in. I think Manu, especially, their form has been amazing in recent weeks. Rashford has been in sensational form. Um, and I think, you know, Arsenal's question whether with their small squad, whether they do prioritize Premier League and they just 
do play the second players play like Vieira, you know, people like um can't think of bench players are now, like El Nene or you know, people like that. And I think that you know, I don't think I don't I can't see Arsenal competing on both fronts. I think they'll prioritize Premier League and I think but I think one team that we haven't talked about that I think could go far and I think personally will be either them or Man U, Juventus, because we've all forgotten that yes, they're thirteenth now, whatever they are because of the points deduction. But before that they were third or second in the league. They had gone on a really good defensive run, uh, had a lot of good wins. And I think that they'll be on this um, as against world mentality. They've had their points deduction. That's going to awaken a beast. I think they're going to want to try and prove it. And also they're going to want to try and get back into Europe. It's the only way of getting back is through winning this tournament. So I think Juventus are a team that I think, uh, for me, uh, the joint favours is Man U, in my personal opinion, because you've got players like Di Maria, you've got Vlahovic, you've still got you know, uh, Benucci there, you've got, um, I believe Chesney's still in goal for them, and you, you've got some great players in this team, and I think that they're a team that was on really good form before the, the announcement came of the deduction, so I think that you know they got the win the other day, that Di Maria goal was something special, that's one of the best I've seen in the entire of Europe, in any competition, domestic or European this season. That was a brilliant, brilliant goal. And I think their team that certainly is a team to watch out for. Yes, yeah, a very good point. Um, I do believe it's, as we've mentioned there, it's, it's wide open. I don't think you can really predict the winner of any of the three sort of major competitions in Europe at the moment. And as you mentioned there, there's so many... Um, you know, outstanding candidates really in in the Europa League. I think it's gonna it's gonna play a part, obviously, with the league form as we go further in, into the competition, as we go deeper. Um, if there's not much to play for, for maybe you know the likes of Man United, if they're sort of out of the title race but still comfortable and getting top four, they may look at that as a trophy. Juventus are obviously they're going to go for it because there's potentially their only route back into the Champions League for next season. So it's, you know, a massive priority for them to to win that competition. And like I say, they could very well do that. They've got so many high-quality players to get these results. And even if, you know, they've shown already so far, even if they, you know, slip up in the, in, in, in the first leg, they can turn it around in the second leg. So, you know, it's, um, it's a great point there by, by Andy. Um, in terms of the... Europa Conference League results. Um, I'll just mention the teams that have gone through into the next stage. You've got the likes of uh, Basel. They got past Trabzonspor. Fiorentina managed to uh, sneak past SC Braga. They batted them in the first leg, but uh, Braga they had a better game in the second leg, but they were still being three two. So Fiorentina comfortably through to the next stage. Uh, again, they went uh, through as well on penalties against Carabag. Uh, Lecce, Poznan, they went through as well against Bodo Glimt. Antelect went through on penalties as well at home against Luda Goretz. Uh, Lazio went through on aggregate, aggregate sorry, 0-0 result against Cluj. Uh, FC Sheriff, they turned it around for the second leg. They won 3-1, they're through to the next stage. And finally, AEK Larnaca are also through to the next round after going through on aggregate. So, that pretty much sums us up this week. Not not as long as an episode as, a, as it was last week. Well, I think we've covered everything pretty nicely. Um, anything else that you guys want to add? 
Yeah, I just want to add, obviously, it's not to do with Europe, but uh, lots of game to look out for this weekend in La Liga. You've got the Madrid derby. Real Madrid take on Atletico Madrid. Obviously, like I said before, Real Madrid are eight points behind Barcelona. They can obviously cut the gap to five points. So, yeah, that's probably like the best game to look out for in La Liga. That is tomorrow at half five for anyone who wants to watch it. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. And, yeah, um, obviously, next midweek, we got, um, I believe it's a Copa del Rey, obviously, uh, and it's El Clasico. So it's two-legged. So, yeah, look out for that one midweek as well. But, um, yeah, the Madrid derby is the game to look out for in La Liga. I think for me, one thing I want to put your attention to for the weekend is not even Premier League. It's the Cowboy Cup final. Man U against Newcastle United. And I hope you're all ready for the Carriers redemption. I'm telling you, I would love nothing more. I mean, I don't want either team winning this, this game, but if I can see Loris Carriers have a world of a game and help them beat Man U, it would make my weekend. It really would. And I, th- I think that it would be one of the great stories of the year because, you know, Carriers has been a constant figure of, of mockery ever since that mistake against Madrid. And then I'm, it's not a game that haunts me because we got Alisson as a result. So, you know, I've had worse things in my life than that game. So that game, you know, had some connotations for Liverpool. But I think, you know, he's not never really recovered from that. He made some mistakes in pre-season, which ultimately caused Klopp to pull the trigger and get Alisson, you know, and he's had a mixed time in Turkey in his two-year loan. And I think he, I think he's a guy that would benefit so much if he did well in this game because the whole world's on him. The whole of the footballing world will be on this game. So Wembley, 90,000 people watching. If he can have a, even as in the good game that or a really good game, if he's a hero in this game, whether it's a shootout, whether it's the normal time, I, I think that it would be a, such a great story. And I hope that he can do the job and really, um, really um, almost resurrect his career. Yeah, so very good point. I mean, there's a whole host of you know, quality games on this weekend. As you mentioned, we've got the um, the Carabao Cup final. We've got the Madrid Derby, which is one of the you know biggest games in you know not just in European football but in world football. Um, some of the Premier League clubs have got potentially tricky games as well. Liverpool are away to Crystal Palace and Arsenal are away to Leicester, so they're not easy games. Um, for all of those teams who you know, obviously both need points. Um, again, we was due to be at. Could be a very interesting one as well. Valencia at home to Real Sociedad. Um, in in Germany, nothing really sort of catches you know the eye, to be honest with you. Um, in Serie A, you've got Milan against Atalanta, which is probably the standout tie um, from the Italian fixtures this weekend. In the Premier League, Tottenham against Chelsea. You know, another massive game. Rangers against Celtic in the uh, Scottish League Cup. I assume that's the Scottish League Cup final. It is. So, again, you know, everyone loves an old firm derby. Um, Another a top-of-the-table clash in Germany as well. Bayern Munich against Union Berlin. That's a massive game. Oh, and there's another massive game as well. Marseille against PSG. That is Ooh. absolutely he can't understate how big that is considering there's only five points between them now and Marseille at home we 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 know firsthand how intimidating the uh the Velodome can be and if if Marseille can get three points there they take that down to to just two you know PSG will be um will be very nervous 
going into the final bit of the season because Monaco are also chasing them down as well. They're only um, seven points off PSG as well. So we could yet see a a title battle in France, which was uh, very unlikely at one stage of the season. But that does um, conclude us quite nicely for this week. Um, we we shall we know we won't be back next week because obviously there's no uh, European fixtures next week. Um, I believe it will be the week after we are back for the European one. But we will keep you all up there across all of our socials. If you haven't followed us on any of those yet. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. So plenty there. We update most of them every day, content on them all. So please do give us a follow if you haven't already. But that has been me today. Thank you all for listening and joining us. And we'll see you very soon. <laughs>